PCF family. So glad that you're here on this Wednesday night for Wednesday night refreshing. Glory be to God in the highest. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that your presence is here. And we honor and bless your name tonight. And we thank you, Lord, for the great and mighty things that you have for us. We look unto you, Lord, as the author and the finisher of our faith. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord together. All right, are you ready to worship the first service of this year? Amen, we're in church. Yeah. I'm reaching for the right. I'm giving everything. I give my life for this. It's what I live for. Nothing will keep me from all that you have for me.
there's no place like your presence you've given us an open invitation to come and Lord we just lift you up in this place we lift up the name of Jesus Lord thank you for elevating us lifting us up Lord as we lift up your name we exalt you in this place oh Lord God Almighty oh we love you Lord Express our heart to you, O oh God. Oh, hallelujah, all of our heart, soul, and mind is yours, O oh Lord. We love you and bless you and praise you, for you are good. Oh, we are forever in love with you, Lord. And we thank you that our time with you, Lord, just gets sweeter and sweeter. We have tasted and we have seen and know that you are good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for being here and thank you for speaking to us. Shikianda rakama shunduru nikiaba toriyanda nekiebe shurianda kama nokiaba shikianda rakime you never have to wonder which way that you should go for I have put a God positioning system Holy Spirit on the inside of you and he will direct you he will lead you and he will guide you oh may you have ears to hear what he is saying to you for I'm saying good things rich things I'm saying words that will bless you so take heed and listen to the voice of my spirit hallelujah thank you Lord amen you may have your seats thank you signature worship team they are phenomenal Good evening. Happy January 3rd. <laughs> We're glad to see each one of you here. You're here. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank you for joining us online as well. We have some exciting news for the men. They are starting a book club in January. All right. 
They're going to follow the same dates that the Women's Book Club is. So this year, starting in January, it's the third Sunday. So January 21st, we're having the Women's Book Club and the Men's Book Club. The men are in the upper room. And if they want food, they go to the shed and, ma- and they have a grill and a refrigerator. Because the women are keeping the kitchen and the cove. <laughs> Maybe in the summer we'll switch out. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, yes, the men are going to do the outdoorsman book that Pastor Doug and Pastor Nelson co-authored together. And that's going to be a great blessing to you. That's after service, which is usually around 1230. We do have people coming in from out in the community. They come here and join us, so 12.30 if you're inviting someone that's not in service here at VCF, and then we end at 2, so you can plan your day. The women are doing The Confident You by Dr. Fiona this this um, quarter, The Confident You. Okay, so that's the book club news, and then tomorrow we're excited to be back in school again. <laughs> we have Kids Bible Adventure. Yes, see, some kids are excited to be in school. I'm excited that you're excited. Yes. (laughs) So that's for third, fourth, and fifth graders in Northside and Forge. So they'll be here tomorrow, 1230 to about 230. We do both schools back to back. We start with Northside, and then we have Forge. So if you'd like to volunteer, there's many capacities you can help minister the love of Jesus to these children. You can... Call the office, or you can see Miss Chris, and she'll she'll plug you in. And then, of course, we have Sunday morning at 10 a.m. I don't know. It's January um, 7th. 7th. Yes, January 7th. It's a calm, holy night. <laughs> Till Pastor Doug gets here. God bless you. You're in a good place tonight. Say, tonight, my faith will be fed, and I will be made stronger, so I can do great things for God. Amen. Well, we have some kids in this place. So we want to dismiss our kids and our teachers. So kids, have a good class. Hallelujah. And of course, you can give any time. You all know that. And Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the givers, and the gifts that your people bring to your kingdom, Lord. And we honor you, bless you, and praise you. And we know that you reward them and you give it back to them, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Lord, you cause men to give into their bosom. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, the Holy Spirit just uh, put something very strong on my heart this week. And... uh, We are going to take a few times of refreshing and uh, develop some strong faith. Amen? Could you use some stronger faith? You know, faith is like a muscle. It grows. The Bible says that uh, faith grows exceedingly. 
so it can grow and it can develop. Um, it can become bigger. Amen. And uh, we're going to get into the word, but we're going to take it slow, right? Because I want the Holy Spirit to weave this into our hearts. Okay. Faith is a foundation of Christianity. We enter into a relationship with the Lord by faith, right? Believing uh, in our hearts and confessing with our mouth that he is Lord, and that's how we get saved. And once we enter into a relationship with God, we have access to all that God has given us and all that God has promised us. Amen? The Bible says that uh, all his promises are yes and amen. So uh, for every promise that God has made, he always says yes. And when we receive it, we say amen. Glory to God. That's the partnership that we have with God. So um, strong faith. You know, the fruit of faith is... Faith is how we receive from God, all right? Faith is like uh, currency, and uh, we can use our faith to receive from God. Um, faith, we can live by faith and walk by faith, right? These are things that the Bible says about faith. Faith, uh, the just shall live by faith, and the Bible says walk by faith and not by sight, what does that mean? That means to allow the word of God to govern our thoughts, our words, and our actions. And the, the word is a good governor, right? He's just and fair and loving and kind. We can overcome by faith. You know, we are overcomers by faith. And uh, faith is the victory that helps us overcome the world. Um, we are saved, healed, and delivered by faith. Everybody say by faith. Faith pleases God. How many want to participate with someone that with something that pleases God? You know, I was watching. Uh, I just watched a brief uh, thing today, and when the minister got up and he just spoke the word from God, everybody just cheered about the word. Amen? You know, the word is worth cheering over. The word, if, we just, if, if I just stood up here and just read the word, it would be worth shouting. Why? Because this, this word is alive. This word comes directly from God. This is God authorized and God approved. God says, this is my book and I'm God and I approve that message. Amen? Okay? So by faith, we can resist our enemy. The Bible says to resist him steadfast in faith. Okay? I'm just giving you some things about all that we can use our faith for. Right? Did you know that God operates by faith? He's a faith God. All right? Oh, you're just of that faith message. Well, that's the message of the Bible. Amen? The Bible is a book of faith. Right? God's a faith God. He created the world by faith. Faith comes by hearing God's word. It doesn't come any other way. You can't pray for faith. 
You can only get faith by hearing what God said about a subject. Okay? And then faith comes to our hearts. All right? Um, Your mouth is the trigger that releases faith. We release faith by speaking God's words. Did you know that there's a miracle in your mouth? You read the Bible, everybody that did something by faith, they said something. Right? David just didn't fight Goliath. They had, first they had a war of words. Then they used their weapons. Right? And, uh, or your mouth is the switch. Faith plus action equals life and is alive. Faith minus action is dead. Faith without works is dead. That word works is corresponding action. I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 and I'm going to read it from the Amplif- I mean I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation and then we're going to say a couple more things about faith. Say I love faith food. Cuz it makes your faith strong. Amen. The Bible it does the body good. Hallelujah. All right, the Passion Translation, Hebrews 11.1, it says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality. How many is hoping for something? You're expecting something, right? Well, what is going to bring it into the realm of reality? See, faith deals with the invisible and and the visible, Faith takes what you can't see and brings it to where you can see it, right? How many's ever seen a, a cowboy with a lasso, right? And 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 they 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 ride they get on those horses right and they ride those cows and they they take that lasso and they throw that lasso and they 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 grab the cow right and then they pull it and they wrestle them down to the ground and whatever they do they tie their legs, right? So faith is like that lasso. Faith, it, it lassos what you want, and it brings it to you. Amen? So, Passion Translation, Hebrews 11.1. 1, now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. Okay? It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Verse 2, this testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. I like that. How did that tree come about? God said, tree you be. And that tree started to grow. God put the stars in place. He put the sun and the moon in place. He, he gave the boundaries to the water. How did he do that? He did it with his words. He did it by saying things. He was operating by faith. Okay. All right, let's look at this in the Message Bible. How many love the Word? Okay, the Message Bible. Same, same verses. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, 
This faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. I like that. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. By faith, we see the world called into existence by God's word, and we see uh, created by what we don't see. So the invisible created the visible, right? Okay, so what, what does this tell us about faith, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, It's the evidence of things not seen. So faith is substance and evidence. There's something to faith. It's not like, uh, I'm going to use this phrase, it's not like a ghost, right? Where you can't feel it. But there's some substance to faith. There's Faith is evidence, okay? Um, Faith is a reality of things hoped for. And it's the proof of things not seen. It's reality and it's proof. All you need to know that healing exists is God said it. That's all you need to know. All you need to know is salvation exists because God said it. All you need to know that there's a peace that passes understanding because God said it. I don't need any other proof. I don't need any more evidence. This is my evidence that it exists. This is my evidence, even though I can't see it, it exists. So how, I need to get it to me though. So I use my faith to that, all right? Faith is certainty and proof. Faith is a title deed or a confirmation. And uh, it is the evidence of the unseen, all right? If a lawyer was going to go to court, what do they do to prove their case? What do they present? Evidence. And evidence can either bring a not guilty or a guilty verdict based on the evidence that's presented. Right? And evidence can determine a a sentence or no sentence. Right? Based on the evidence. Okay? Um... Faith is assurance and a certainty. It's a conviction and a revelation. Faith is confidence and it's being fully convinced. Okay? Now I want you to go to Mark chapter 11. And this is where it's going to really start to get good. But you know, we gathered here in Jesus' name so it's already good. You've taken time out of your schedule... To come and to get time and to experience times of refreshing from God's presence. God's word refreshes us. God's word fills us. I don't know about you, but I found God's word very satisfying. It's very fulfilling. It's very enriching. Right? I read the word and I get excited. And I get with others and talk about the word and I get even more excited. Amen? Okay. Mark chapter 11, and we're going to start with verse 22. And we're going to break this down. Okay? This was after the incident uh, where Jesus cursed a fig tree, 
And he said, no man eat fruit of you ever again. His disciples heard it. And this is the next day. And they're walking by the same tree that Jesus cursed the day prior. And Peter notices that the tree has been withered up from the roots. And Jesus now, he teaches his disciples about faith. All right? And he said in verse uh, 22, uh, Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. Everybody say this. Say, have faith. In God. There is a particular place where you need to put your faith, and that is in God. Okay? Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, he is an expert on faith. So, in order to develop strong faith, we have to understand the placement of faith. You know, There are things that need to be placed in certain places, right? Aren't you glad that we don't walk on our hands, right? God designed the body in such a perfect way. He placed every part of your body where it needed to be. Your ears are where your ears need to be. Your eyes are where your eyes need to be. They have a certain place, right? And God put them in that place, okay? So who said, have faith in God? Jesus is an expert on faith, all right? Some other translations say, have faith from God. Or have the faith of God. I think uh, one translation says have the God kind of faith. Or the faith that comes from God. Okay? Now, I'm going to ask you a question. And I want you to think about this. How often should you put faith in God? Occasionally? Sometimes? You should put faith in God every day. Okay? So number one, point number one in developing strong faith uh, is the placement of faith. And faith is constant. It's constant. Everybody say it's constant. Okay? So the moment you hear God's word and you get a revelation of what he said, then you should immediately align your life to live that way from that moment on. I'm going to say that again. The moment you hear God's word. Now, notice, hear God's word and get a revelation of it. Because some people hear God's word, but they don't get a revelation of it. Sometimes you have to hear it more than once. Right? But when you hear it and you get a revelation to it, that means it's been activated. That means it's alive on the inside of you. That means now you got some power when you're going to release it. How many know the word has to be real on the inside of you? Just because Joe Smith did something, that doesn't mean if I do what Joe Smith did, I'm going to get his results. Unless God told me to do what Joe Smith did. I can't just duplicate what Joe Smith did based on Joe Smith. I've got to hear from God for myself. It's got to be real to me. Okay? 
So the moment you, you hear the word and receive a revelation of what God is saying or what he has said, that's faith, right? You need to align your life and uh, live, live, live in that word from that moment on. So if, if you hear a word that says, let's just take Isaiah 53, 5. By his stripes, you were healed. Okay? And, okay, you hear that. That's written. Isaiah wrote it. It's written in the Bible. Right? But all of a sudden, the moment you hear it, hey, wait a minute. By his stripes. He, 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 that's already done. He already provided it for me. I'm already healed. Now I got a revelation. Now, if, when I, I'm going to align my life with that scripture from that moment on. That's living by faith. So, so now my conversation is going to be, I'm healed by his stripes. How are you feeling today, Doug? I'm healed by his stripes. How's that broken arm? I'm healed by his stripes. See, I'm not denying what was wrong. I'm just saying something else about it. Because I heard something and I got a revelation of it. Amen? Okay. So, you have to incorporate God's word in every aspect of your life. You're not going to find a more practical book in the world than the Bible. The Bible will help your marriage. The Bible will help you raise kids. The Bible will help you be a good employee. The Bible will help you to find your purpose. The Bible will help you to develop character. The Bible will help you in every aspect of life. The Bible will help you manage finances. The Bible will help you in relating to other people. The Bible will help you to get over hurts. Amen? Amen. Say, the Bible Bible. is practical for every area of my life. So you don't apply the word to you. You apply you to the word. Why? Because the word is the standard. You don't make the standard for you. You fit into the standard. And God doesn't lower his standard. He wants you to come up. Okay? What you put your faith in matters. Some people put the faith, their faith in the world system. Look at the results. You know, let's just say Hollywood is the standard of the world system. How many rich people have broken lives? Their lives are just messed up because they're living according to the world and they get the world's results. The world can't help you do what's right. Okay? You can't put your faith in people. Why? People will let you down. So it matters where you put your faith. Jesus told us, and he's the expert. He knows exactly what he's talking about. Where did he say put our faith? In who? In God. And you don't need to put it in anybody else. Say, my faith is in God alone. Amen. Jesus said, have faith in God. Okay? The only place to put your faith that will produce good results is God. His word, his name, his nature, his character, and Holy Spirit. Right? Okay? 
Now, to have faith in God is to have strong faith. Okay, so one of the characteristics about God is the reason why Jesus said have faith in God is God never changes. God is constant. He is steadfast. He is immovable. We sang about it. He's unshakable. He's unstoppable. No one can overcome him. God's been around the block more times than we ever dream about. Okay? So when you're putting your faith in God, you're putting your faith in his character, in his nature. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, the coffee chapter. Who makes the coffee? Hebrews. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Hebrews 13 and verse 5. The Bible says, let your conversation, that's your lifestyle, be without covetousness. You don't want to be coveting uh, things of the world. Now, you can covet the best gifts of God. But you don't want to covet things of the world. Okay, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Say, God will never leave me. God will never forsake you. You could be in the darkest hour all by yourself. No one else is around and God is with you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Okay? This reveals something about his character and his nature. You want to put your faith in something solid. You don't want to put your faith in something that shifts and changes with the wind. I'm going to put my faith in here. No, I'm going to put my faith in here. No, I'm going to put my faith in here. No, I'm going to put my faith in here. No, you've got to have something solid, something firm, something that will develop confidence. Something that's not going to go away easily. Never go away. How about that? That's pretty good. Okay. Verse 6. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do to me. Say, the Lord is my helper. And notice he made a decision, I'm not going to fear. When you start feeling fear knocking on the door, you've got to say, I will not fear, or you need to say, fear go in Jesus' name. Okay. Verse 7. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Okay? You want to follow people as long as they're operating in faith. Okay? Now notice, look at verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that we put in our faith in today is the same God that was a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, several millennia ago, from the beginning of time. 
He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. He is the same forever. If he healed then, he heals now. If he saved then, he saves now. If he pours out a spirit then, he pours out a spirit now. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. All across time, God never changes. God is established. And that's something that you want to put your faith in. It's a good investment. Never had a down. God never had a down day, never had a bad day. God never woke up on the wrong side of the bed. God never had a bad hair day. If he was loving then, he's loving now. If he was forgiving then, he's forgiving now. And he'll be forgiven tomorrow. Why? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same across time. The same God that Abraham believed in is the same God that we believe in. The same God that led Joshua to march around Jericho and the walls is the same God that we serve today. If he worked miracles then, he works miracles today. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus said, have faith in God. You've got to put your faith in something constant. Something that's not going to change. Something that's going to be around. It's important. People try to put their faith in the air. They try to just pick things out. No, faith is very specific. It's what God said to you or to the group. Amen? Faith is not based on feelings. Faith is not based on opinions. Faith is based on God's word, what he said. Okay? Hallelujah. So, Jesus said, back in Mark eleven twenty three. Let's let's go back there for a second. Mark eleven. I, I want you to see what he said. Okay. Mark eleven. Hallelujah. Flip the screen or the pages, whatever you got. I have both. Hallelujah. Okay, so verse 22, Jesus said, have faith in God. Now, verse 23, he says, for verily I say unto you. Okay, verily, you know, you got to ask yourself, who's behind the Bible? Who's backing the Bible? Who backs that dollar bill in your wallet? Hmm? The government of the United States, ooh, it used to be gold, but now it's a promissory note. They promise to accept that as payment for a good or a service, okay? But who's, who's backing the Bible? God is behind the Bible, God, it's God's name on the line. It's God's word that's going to work. It's God's nature that we're going to put our trust in. Amen? I wrote this down. What power is behind the book? Almighty power, resurrection power, creative power, and miraculous power. That's the power that we got behind this book. We got almighty power, resurrection power, creative power, and miraculous power. That's what's behind the book. 
That's what's backing up every word that God said. Every word that was written down in this book is backed up by that kind of power. Hallelujah. So, Jesus, I have said this, he's an expert on faith. He is the ultimate authority on what faith is. All right? Did you know that he invented faith? Faith is a God thing. It's not a man-made thing. God invented it. He made it. He manufactured it. He distributed it. And he lived it. From, the, from his birth and his beginning, it was in faith. From his end and his resurrection, it occurred in faith. He rose from the dead by faith. And his imminent return is going to be by faith. And he's going to look to see if there's faith on the earth when he returns. Will you be a person of faith? Will you be a person who puts their faith in God? Not their feelings, not their friends, but in God and God alone. Okay? So, everything that Jesus did was by faith. So, in verse 23, Mark eleven twenty-three, it says, For verily or truly I say to you. Now, guess what? That word, verily or truly, is the word Amen. It is the word amen. It means truly at the end of sentence, it may be paraphrased, let it be. It it means for sure or certain. Okay? So when Jesus said, I verily say to you, he says, I am putting my personal guarantee on what I'm saying. Another characteristic of God, Numbers twenty three nineteen, he is not a man that he could he should lie. God cannot lie, and God doesn't change. God didn't lie when he said, "By his stripes you're healed." God didn't lie when he said, "My word is forever settled in heaven." God didn't lie when he said, "Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away." God can't lie. If God could lie, this universe would crumble. Say, my God cannot lie. Even Jesus described himself as the truth. Right? He calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. Okay? My point is this, that God is reliable. God is trustworthy. God is faithful. So you should put your faith in God. Amen? So... Uh, first, Second Timothy 2.13, it says, When we are faithless, he remains faithful because he can't deny himself. To be faithless would be to deny himself, and God will never deny himself. We may be faithless, but he is always faithful. Amen? All right? Let's go to... Um, Let's go to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18. 
There are two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Say, it is impossible for God to lie. Isn't that exciting? That means what he says is going to happen. When God said, son, I want you to be in the sky right there, that son said, yes, sir. And that son got right into that position. When God says, I've called you, God didn't lie. He's called you. He wants you to do something. And he'll equip you and train you and prepare you to do what he's called you to do. Okay? So, this is the guarantee of faith. We have the placement of faith. Our place, we have to put our faith in God. Okay? And then number two is the, the guarantee of faith. Uh, go with me to... Um, so, Jesus... Let's go back to Mark eleven twenty three for a minute. You're going to see this scripture a lot. Just put a marker there. So Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus is talking here. He says, for verily, notice, I say unto you. Faith has to do with you hearing what God says. What he said, what he's saying, and what he says. Okay? That whatsoever, see, what Jesus is saying is, what I'm about to tell you works because I personally guarantee it. What I'm about to tell you, I've done, and I know it works, and I know it'll work for you, because I made it to work for you. We have his personal guarantee backing up what he's saying. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. All right? Jesus told us this. This is how it works. Okay? So, Jesus personally guarantees the guarantee of faith. We place faith in God. Jesus personally guarantees. He is the Word made flesh. You can't become more of an expert than that. He was the Word, but now He's flesh. But all that the Word was, He is. And He always will be. Amen? Because He's not limited by time or space. Glory to God. Okay? So, we have Jesus' personal guarantee, his impeccable character, his solid nature. Okay? Verily I say unto you. How many believe what Jesus said? Say what Jesus said. It'll work for me. Because Jesus said it would. You don't need any other evidence. Well, I'm just going to try that. You don't have to try it. All you have to do is do it. Why? Because it's coming from Jesus. It's not coming from an asteroid. It's not coming from a star. It's coming from the Son of God. It's coming from the Word made flesh. It's coming from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's what it's coming from. So you can put your faith in it. Why? It'll hold you up. It'll work. It's guaranteed to work. He guarantees that this will work. 
Amen? That's so exciting. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay? Now, we get into the working of faith. We have the placement of faith. Put your faith in God. We have the assurance or the guarantee of faith. Jesus said, I'm going to get, I'm guaranteeing this. This is, I'm backing this up. Right? Jesus says, I got you. Jesus said, if you do this, it will not fail, but it will work and it will produce good results. Amen? Okay? Now we have the working of faith. Okay? The working of faith, it encompasses verse 23 and 24. All right? Jesus said, verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say... Okay, so... Jesus is saying you got to speak to something. What did he say for us to speak to? Hmm? To speak to this mountain. Okay? What is a mountain? It's, it's, it's a hill. It's, it's an obstacle. It's to accomplish something most difficult, stupendous, and incredible. Right? Uh, you could speak to a mountain of debt. See, the problem is, what do most people say about their debt? Oh, they magnify the debt. Oh, I got all this debt. I can't pay this bill. I don't know what I'm going to do. Is that what the Bible said? So you're speaking words from your own experience or from your own knowledge. You're not speaking God's word. Jesus said, speak to this mountain. Because that's how faith works. You've got to talk to things. Okay? You can speak to a mountain of debt. How about a mountain of pain or sickness? Now, maybe no one in here, but maybe you know someone who took ownership of their sickness. This is my whatever. How many know someone who, who said that? Right? Why would you take ownership of something that's not yours? Why would you take ownership of something that was already taken away? Hmm? As far as I'm concerned, sickness is a trespasser. Sickness is an invader. It's invading territory that it doesn't have permission to do, so I gotta take authority over it. So I speak to it. What do I say? I say what God says about sickness. By, your, by his stripes I'm healed. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Amen? The word is life unto those that find them in health to all their flesh. Okay? Jesus said, see, the working of faith is you've got to open your mouth and you've got to speak to things. All right? Speak to a mountain of, could be a mountain of pain or sickness, a mountain of depression. What do people do when they're depressed? They don't say anything. They just want to close the, close the curtains and lie in bed and eat ice cream. I don't know about that, but, right? But how many people who are in depression are speaking to depression? And the, 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 and the depression is just having its way. Okay. How about a mountain of lack? Did Sarah have the power to give birth to a child? Not until God said something to her. Right? She was past the age. 
That means she had reached a point where the womb wasn't operable for that anymore. But she had a resurrection. How did she get a resurrection? She heard a promise that God gave to Abraham that included Sarah. And she believed the promise. Amen? Once she believed the promise, something happened in her womb. Her womb came to life. Amen? And, and her womb now, at the age of 90, was conducive to bear a child, to not only hold a child, but to carry it for nine months and to give birth to a child. You talk about some power. The power of God came into Sarah's dead womb and caused an explosion of life on the inside of her. Same thing with Abraham. Right? When his seed met her egg, it was like they were on their honeymoon. Amen? See, the problem is we're not speaking to our mountains. We're letting our mountains talk to us. Or we're magnifying the mountain and not magnifying God. Get that mountain. Listen, if you want to get that mountain out of your way, you've got to speak to it. Jesus said, say to this mountain. Jesus is giving us an instruction on how faith works. An expert of faith is instructing us on how it works. You, you don't think that the power of God is greater than that mountain? The mountain is just anything that hinders your progress, stands in the way of your calling, it stands in the way of your victory, it stands in the way of your abundance, and it needs to be removed. And the only way it's going to be removed is if you tell it what to do and where to go. Jesus even gave us the words to say. Be picked up and plucked into the sea. What is God saying to you? Do you believe it? Do you accept it? And do you receive it? If God is saying you can and you're saying you can't, who's got to change? You've got to line up with his can. Amen? When you hear what God says, you have to believe it, accept it, and receive it. Because that is the power that moves mountains. Amen? See, faith comes to your heart. And then, okay, let me just break it down. Uh, Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You hear God's word, right? It goes into your heart. You got to make a decision. Do I believe it? Do I accept it? Is this true? Okay, it's coming from God, so it must be true, right? So I accept it. Yes. Everybody say yes. When you hear God's word, you, sit, you only have to accept it by saying yes. Amen? You only have to agree with what God said. Yes! And now that you've accepted it, now it's real to you. And now when you speak, it, it's gonna, you're going to speak with power and authority. And that mountain is going to rumble. And it's going to get out of your way. Jesus told us to speak to the mountain. He told us what to say to the mountain. It is saying what he told you to say that makes the mountain move. 
He didn't tell you to take a poll. He didn't tell you to consult your feelings. Well, I just don't feel like speaking to the mountain today. Okay, then I guess you just love the mountain more than you want it to be moved in your life. Jesus said to work faith, you got to speak the mountain. Didn't he? Amen. You know, Jesus spoke to storms. He spoke to winds. He spoke to waves. He spoke to trees. He even spoke to dead people. And all he had good results. Everyone that he spoke to responded to what he said. Okay? Jesus told a man, stretch forth your hand. When it was crippled, what happened? The man did what Jesus said and his hand was made whole. Jesus said, how could you stretch forth your crippled hand? Because when the word says to do it, he's given you the power to do it. So I'm responding to what the word says, so I'm stretching forth my hand. Jesus told a man who never walked, pick up your mat and walk. He didn't even say please. He just said, pick up your mat and walk. Then the man got healed. The man got healed when he did what the word said to do. Otherwise, he would would have remained crippled. God told a blind man to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And when he came back, he saw. Amen? God told some servants, fill the pots with water. So that I can make some wine. He didn't say so that I can make some wine, but that's what I, that's why he said, you know, you need more than water just to make wine. Not with God. He didn't even use grapes. But that was a command. Fill the pots with water. Why did they do it? Because Jesus told them to do it. Because Mary said, whatever he says, do it. Right? God told the Pharisees, he said, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. Talking about his own body. How are you going to raise something up after it's been destroyed? That's called resurrection power, baby. We got resurrection power. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Say, I have resurrection power. Say, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and he's quickening my mortal body. That word quickening means make alive. Stop talking about your rusty joints. Start talking about your well-oiled, life full of joint, full of life joints. Amen? Stop entertaining arthritis. Tell arthritis you, you need to go home. Arthritis is not your friend. Don't treat him as such. Arthritis, I want you to introduce my other friend, Ben Gay. (laughs) And the anointing of God. (laughs) Jesus told a man whose son died, he said, the the man came to him, Jesus said, go, your son lives. So the man had to go, and when he went, what did he find? His son was alive, that was dead. Amen? Amen? He had no other evidence 
other than what Jesus said, go, your son lives. Go, your son lives. Four words. Everybody say four words. Four words raised a man to life. That's some power, folks. This is power that we have available to us. This is power that we have been given to us. This is power that we can use for our lives. I I just wrote a few of these down. In Luke 4.39, Jesus rebuked a fever and the fever left. I guess the fever heard the words. Rebuking a fever involves speaking to it. A leper came to Jesus and said, if you're willing, you could heal me. Jesus said, I am. Be cleansed. He said, be cleansed. And guess what? The leprosy said, I'm out of here. Amen? Jesus told a fisherman who had an empty boat and worked all night, he said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And at first they didn't want to do what he said, but then they did what he said. And what happened? Filled two boats. They caught more fish in less time in one moment than they did all night. What was the difference? They heard something different. Now, just put yourself in that scenario for a minute. You got fishermen who they, they have at least two boats in their company. These are fishermen who have been fishermen for years. And they, they were working the midnight shift, right? And so, hey, you, you guys get any fish? No. You got any fish? No. Fish ain't biting tonight. Let's just go home, wash our nets. So they're scrubbing their nets, and a carpenter comes to the beach. A carpenter. And he tells these fishermen, he says, do you mind if I use your boat as a pulpit? Oh, yeah, go ahead. It didn't help me. It might as well help you. At least it could help someone. I'm just paraphrasing, okay? And Jesus, he preaches the message. He preaches the word. What do you think those fishermen heard when they heard the word? They heard faith. They, they heard a positive message that produced life. And now the preacher said, launch out into the deep. Oh, I worked all night. But nevertheless, say nevertheless. You know, Peter was overcoming some feelings when he said nevertheless. His body was fighting that instruction, wasn't he? His body didn't feel like doing what Jesus said. Guess what? Your body has to do what you tell it to do. I don't care if you don't want to feel like this body. You're going to cast forth that net. Okay. He cast his net. They could barely bring in the net. Two boats had so much fish, they almost sank. You're talking two tons of fish. All the evidence that they had that there was going to be fish there was someone said, let down your nets. 
No other evidence, no other proof, but the word of God. It's proof enough. It's evidence enough. And Peter put his faith in God. Amen? (laughs) When 5,000 people showed up for dinner, Jesus said, you give them something to eat. Right? Jesus was fully intending on feeding those people. He knew that he was going to feed them. So he said, you give them something to eat. Well, let's see. We got this much money. Can we go buy this food? You know, what you got? Well, we got these uh, two little fish and these five loaves. That'll do. Give them to me, boys. And, And what happened? Just because he said, you feed them. Thank you, Father. They were distributing those fish and loaves. Everybody was hungry. They were eating, man. They're like, oh, man, I am stuffed of this seafood buffet. Must have been a bunch of Catholics on, on Lent. That all had fish and bread. <laughs> but there was so much produced. How was it produced? Because of the, what the word that was said. They put their faith in the word. When Jesus said, you feed them, they now looked for things to feed them with. What do I have available? Okay, what I have is insufficient. Okay, put it in the hands of the master. He's a multiplier. Okay? Mm. Let me just say this. There were, you put your faith in God. God personally guarantees his word. And it works by you saying what he said. So when you're facing a situation in life, find out what God says about that subject and say what he says about it. Amen? And that's how you're going to get strong faith. Because, listen, we certainly can't trust the government. Right now, the government's crazy. I mean, I'm not even going to address that. So, God's going to need a people who know how to live by faith. Who know how to trust God. Who know how to walk by only what God said, not how we feel, not how we think, not by our past, not by our hurts, not by our experiences, not by our neighbors, not by our relatives, only by what God said. So we put our faith in God. He personally guarantees his word and it works by us speaking what he said. Can you say amen? Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. We're going to get more into this. Blessed are the short-winded, for then more people will come back. (laughs) I just want you to take a moment, and I want you to thank God for the faith that he's given you. Because he gives us the faith that we have in his name, and in his word, and in his nature. 